Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show, a few minutes after 11 o'clock. Hello and welcome. In this hour, Wayne Winston will be joining us in about a half hour. we got lots to mix up with him. But I wanted to talk with you a little bit about Norwalk now. The city of Norwalk is mulling, mulling, changing their educational policy for kids. Um, And this is a new grading policy. Now, they wouldn't be the first in this country to be doing this, not even perhaps the first in Connecticut. But I wanted to bring it to your attention because I think for some of us it rankles. There is a new Grading for Equity committee, and this committee has been composed of a lot of different educators and people that Norwalk respects. They formulated six recommendations to, quote, increase equity within the Norwalk Public Schools grading policy after they read a book. They read a book called Grading for Equity by Joe Feldman, and they studied the book. And after they studied the book, they said, we love this book. We think this book is really talking to societal problems and culture. And we think that right away, Norwalk should take some of the suggestions from Mr. Feldman. And here they go. Here they are. And the people that are on the committee include principals, directors of leadership and development, teachers and counselors and staff who work with multilingual learners. The committee also includes some student involvement. And Thomas McBride, who is the Deputy Superintendent of Excellence, Equity, and Inclusion, explained that the book recommends certain things for grading. So they looked at this, and what they wanted to do, and to me this is fascinating because it is so self-contradictory. They say that they want to focus on accuracy in grading and remove subjectivity. And they want to have grades that are mathematically sound. Yet one of their first recommendations is that nobody gets less than a 50. How do you not, I mean, how do you actually, with a smile, tell a group of people and expect them to swallow this, that what you're looking for is accuracy in grading, and yet you're not going to let it be mathematically possible for anybody to get under a 50? What if somebody simply doesn't know the material? Now, it's rare to get a 50. Most people don't get a 50. And failing is typically 65, sometimes 70. And a 50 is a pretty low grade, let's face it. But every now and then there are kids that simply 
don't know what they're doing or they are not completing a test, which actually tells the teacher a lot as well. And so while they are advocating accuracy and grading, one of the first things they want to do is they want to make the kids feel good to the extent that they are never going to get less than a 50, even if they deserved a zero. The other thing they're saying is that they want grading to be merit-based without environment or behavior. And therefore, they don't think a teacher should be able to include whether or not a kid raises her hand. And of course, you're talking to the original raise hander, hand raiser. Uh, they don't think participation should be a criteria that a teacher should be allowed to consider when giving a grade. I would disagree with that. I think participation and an indication of engagement is incredibly important when grading a child. It, first of all, tells you if you've got a curious learner. It tells you if you've got a learner paying attention. It tells you if you've got a learner who understands the gap in his or her learning and wants to move forward with that gap. It also very often wakes up the rest of the kids in the class who are sleeping, simply by raising your hand. But this particular equity and inclusion recommendation says that in terms of accuracy, And getting rid of subjectivity, they don't think that the teacher should be able to count the extent to which a kid wants to participate in school. It's really very, very fascinating what's going on here. And there are several other recommendations as well. Those are the two that really popped out at me. I'm looking for the rest of them here, but of course, naturally, I can't find them. And um, the bottom line is the Common Council... uh, Eventually, I guess, would have to look at these, or the Educational Council will have to look at them. But, okay, here we go. Here's more. So the second theme is that grading is merit-based without environment or behavior factoring into scores. So they don't want your behavior factoring into scores, which I also think is not fair to teachers. What if you have a kid in school who is irascible and disrespectful? What if you have a kid in school who curses? who says, what the F are you talking about, teacher? You don't think that that teacher should be able to mark them down a grade? I do. I think respect and comportment in a classroom is an absolutely viable criteria for grades. I do. Sorry. Does it tell me you're good in math? Maybe not particularly. Does it tell me whether or not you're a student I want to have in my classroom? It sure does. It sure does. They say the third crucial aspect for grading practices relies on motivations for students to grow and achieve academic success with, quote, opportunities for redemption and clear targets for success. Well, every decent teacher does that anyway. You're telling me that you don't ha- haven't had a teacher in your life, that the basic essential of being a good teacher is understanding your kid has to keep climbing up the ladder? That's the essential for every parent, for every mentor, and for every teacher. You fall down, here's the way to get back up. You don't have to tell a teacher that. They already know that. So here's what they want to do. Here are the specific recommendations. This is about the city of Norwalk, and I'm curious to know what you think about this. 203-333-9422. The first is they suggest that the school district offer students an opportunity to retake or redo a test for a stronger score within a specific time frame, and that they will record only the higher score. What do you think about that? What would that do to you? If Imagine yourself as a student in fourth grade, fifth grade, then in eighth or tenth, and maybe it makes a difference whether or not these are implemented in high school versus middle school or elementary school. 
Do you want your kid to get the lesson that they don't have to study that hard for the first time because they'll always have a chance to redo it? What do you think about that? The second thing is they want rubrics, fancy word in education, for detailed criteria and scales with multiple areas of assessment for student progress. Well, that is, don't we do that already? Knock, knock. Interestingly about homework, they don't think that homework should ever be graded. No more teachers allowing to grade your homework. They can only serve as practice and preparation. And you should never, ever be punished for not doing homework. Well, you know what? I sort of like the idea because I had a son who never did his homework. My daughter, on the other hand, always did her homework. Hmm, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to change the rules for my son who never did his homework? Or am I going to reward my daughter because you know what she did? What do you think about that? I'll tell you what I think. I think it should be up to the teacher. It should not be a district-wide policy. If a particular teacher in a particular class wants to use a homework as preparation and not grade it, God bless. And if another teacher makes it very, very clear that homework is going to be graded and it is her expectation that to get a good grade in that particular class you have to do your homework, then that should be the rule. That's what we should do. We should allow teachers to teach in the best way they see fit. But they want to make a district-wide rule that if you don't do your homework, no punishment. How many kids do you think are going to do their homework? Just asking. Just asking. In addition, the committee recommends project-based learning. They want to do projects, not individuals. How does that work out in the real world for you? How frustrating is it for you and for your kid when they have a project to do as opposed to something less than a project and they can't quite get it done? Do you know how much more executive functioning it takes for the average kid to do a project? Do you know that very often kids need the assistance of adults to complete a project and many kids, speaking about equity, may not have that adult handy to be able to do that project? Do you know that projects sometimes involve collaboration with a kid or two who isn't pulling their weight? I think to make a district-wide recommendation about this is rather extreme. But again, if a teacher wants to do it, if a teacher assesses a class in a particular curriculum and says, I think a project works here, then why not? Mathematically, instead of students receiving a zero, the committee proposed that the minimum grade be 50%. I just love this. They want accuracy in grading, but you can't get less than a 50. Can you make it up? And by the way, this is for math. This is for math they want to do this. So two and two can equal five. It's okay. You'll still get a 50. Uh, The final recommendation is for grades to follow a standards-based approach, which means they would be based on required content, notably removing lateness or compliance from consideration. Once again, shouldn't it be at the discretion of a teacher? Shouldn't we allow for flexibility? Don't we want to have a teacher get to know a student? If a student is chronically late and there's a good reason, say, I'm going to excuse it because I know he or she has been sick or had trouble getting here, but on the whole is doing a great job and participates in class and hands in her homework? I mean, what are we doing here? We're trying to remove the human element because we don't trust teachers. You want to know why teacher morale is low. This is one of the reasons. This is one of the reasons. Because we make these top-down-on-high pronouncements for classrooms. And we don't trust the teachers we've hired. And we are asking so much of our teachers, not only a bachelor's degree, most often a master's degree, many of them in debt when they start. And they don't get paid commensurate with their education. They don't. 
They get nice benefits and everything else, and they get summers off. But who are we kidding? We've got a very stretched labor force, a very stressed labor force. We've got a public school system that is in crisis right now. Do you know that we've lost a million kids from American public schools in the last two years? A million. Now, our birth rate is shrinking, but not as far down as our removal from public schools would suggest. And in New York City, they lost over 8% of their entire public school population, and 7.8% was replaced by going to charter schools, with the remaining 0.5% either leaving the state or going to homeschooling where we've had an enormous surge, enormous surge in people that are homeschools because parents have had it. They know the score. They're already saying, my kid isn't getting a good enough education in public school. I'm paying the taxes. I live here, but I'm not satisfied. So let me ask you this, 203-333-9422. If you had a kid in public school right now and you heard that they were moving to these standards, would you be happy about it or would it cause you to want to make a change? I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back. Listen to Lisa. 0 in the real world if you tell your boss 2 plus 2 is 5. What are you going to get? A 50 or a 0? 
Yeah. I mean, it's um, – I, I just it, – it bothers the mind that they spent money and time on this when there's so much else that has to be done in the schools. I agree with you. But that's, this is where they're heading. And, you know, some of this seems to be like um, – you know, I don't know. It's like they want to improve society by doing an outcome-based approach. They feel like if we can just regulate the outcome, if we can just make the average higher, if we can just do this, we can look at ourselves and say we're doing something socially good. And, you know, what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I'm not suggesting that these people have anything but good intentions, but I disagree with their tactics because I think you have to give authority and a degree of autonomy to your teachers and back them up because you know your good teachers when you're an administrator. You know who your good teachers are, and you have to back them up. And if one teacher loves homework and does it the right way, not in an onerous way, then you back up that teacher. And if another teacher says, I don't I do agree. homework in my classroom, homework is not going to be my measure. It's not you know, my kid knows my kids know their expectations. They have to show up on time for a test and they have to do well on it. But homework is a tool I use, but it's not a great tool. Then you back up that teacher. You know your good teachers, Linda. You know who they are. Well, you know what? I, I think uh, with the, this, this really looks like the, the, the lack of respect for teachers. It really does. And I it's think so. It's a very so. sad thing because as a kid, I mean, I don't know if I would go into teaching at this point. Well, that's a, that's another a crisis, right? A lot is expected right? of the schools. Yeah, a lot is expected of a the lot. schools. Too much. And uh, yes, it is. I mean, the teacher can't do everything. They can't do everything. And I think uh, uh, I don't know if it's a lot. If some of the um, parenting duties are, um, if, if if parents are are given um, kind of like a little pass on this. Mm. Yeah, a lot is expected of the teachers. I don't know. Mm. Um, I, I'm not in the, in the school system now, but I just see it's just a, a, a burden. So and when I, you read the paper, you had the, people will, Yeah. So when you read the paper, Linda, as a former teacher in Norwalk, you had the same reaction pretty much that I did. My which husband is, and I, we laughed at it. Yeah. We laughed at it. It was like ridiculous. It's how could this possibly be? Mm-hmm. And when you go through it, when you read it, mm-hmm. the, the wording, it seems so... Um, ridiculous yeah i mean if you had to you know that yeah it's a a comic could Mm -hmm. use this as a a routine yeah so ridiculous yeah well you know it's um it's it's a notion that is spreading i found it particularly interesting because it was just based on a study of one book you know to me if you're going to be a committee and you're going to come up with recommendations that are going to change grading in a school system read more than one book Okay, don't just read the book that is the favorite right now of the people that are so-called the academics in the world. But that's what was done in the past. Um, I know, Lisa. I know. You know the open school concept. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 all those kinds of things. Yeah. Maybe it would be good in a certain situation, but not like uh, for a whole system. Correct. You know? Now, will this? Um, this is not a fait accompli, is it? No, it is not. It is in discussion. Thank God. So Thank the God. community it's has to get active, and, and basically the conversation then goes to your board of ed. Yeah. Th- this is yeah. a committee that will be making a recommendation to the board of ed. The board of ed will feel like they're hearing from distinguished, reputable sources, and they will likely do this unless there is a pushback from the community. Well, hopefully there is. 
Linda, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Ron from Trumbull. Hey, Ron, what are your thoughts on this? And I would pose to the, uh, to the educators that are looking at this book, how did they get through school? Would they, would they get to the position in life right now if they went through a similar process? That's a how good point. Like their own kids, how would they like their own kids to be educated? Well, I mean, this is pure nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I think that you raise a really good point. Would you have gotten to your place in the world if these had been the rules for you? If you didn't have to do homework, if your lateness didn't count, if your participation wasn't noticed, and if you could only get a 50. That's good. Why don't we ask these people how they grew up? That's a really good point. Absolutely. But I I hope that somebody does, in terms of this is going to go before the board of ed or or before the public and so forth. I mean, I just, just... I don't know what these people are thinking. And like you said, one book? Come on. That's the truth, though. That's really what it is. It's laughable. It's not funny, but it's laughable. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.